and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Welcome back to Moments with Moni. Hey, before we get into the episode here, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about my guest today. His name is Chris Starin, and he's lived a very storied life. He wrote his first book at the age of 11. In his 20s, he worked in Hollywood, interning on The Bernie Mac Show and working on films like The Secrets of Jonathan Sperry, Unidentified, and more. He also wrote a novel. It's entitled Cradle Robber. It's not what you think. It's described as a tightly woven tapestry of revenge, romance, and faith wrapped in a morally complex ride through time. Sounds like a good read. Might want to check that out or look at some of his movies. He's had a very varied life. Chris will tell you himself how the name of his podcast came about, but I wanted to share with you a few of his podcast titles Uh, some of the info that he shares with journalistic tools to bring you the information on these subjects so that you can make an informed decision yourself, such as the New Deal, is the church with workers, the pew and the picket line, spiritual life and leadership, the Pledge of Allegiance, Teddy Roosevelt and the Guano Islands. I really liked that particular episode, including the New Deal. I just listened to that one today. He also spoke about, is revolution biblical? Religious persecution under the Soviet Union? The rise of Lenin and Stalin? History of the Russian Church? The Russian Christmas? And Rasputin? The fall of the Romanovs? Romanov Stroganov? Okay, something had to have piqued your interest. So when you're done listening to this podcast, after hearing more about Chris, go ahead and take a listen to Truce Podcast. But for now, stay tuned for Chris Darren. Well, welcome, Chris Darren. Thank you so much for spending some time here on Moments with Moni. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure if people know or not, but you are the host of the Truce Podcast. Yeah. How did you come up with that name? Uh, well, I saw that uh, with Christians, we get kind of tied up in a lot of different things, a lot of different battles and culture wars. And so I thought it would be kind of a good title to say, hey, let's, let's press pause on these battles that we're going through and figure out how we got here and how we can do better. And that's kind of what the show is all about, to, to look at those battles and the things we get so passionate about and to be like, what, what is this? Why, why are we there? And some, sometimes we um, end up landing on this was a good thing. Sometimes it's, ah, we could do a little better. Yeah. Nice. Like a white flag. Just yeah, exactly. Take a yeah, moment to think. It doesn't necessarily mean a surrender uh, in the culture wars. It just means like, let's, let's stop here and figure out why we're doing what we're doing. Great. Great. I appreciate that about your podcast. Thank you. you Enjoy that. Yes. So can you tell us where you were born? Oh, sure. I was born uh, south of Cleveland, Ohio, between Cleveland and Akron in a small town. Um, And um, uh, uh, grew up there for most of my life. It was a really nice area to be from. But now I live in Western Wyoming. Oh, beautiful there. It is. It's so pretty here. 
Yes. I'm close. North Idaho. You, I heard you were right. close and we, all, we could have seen each other. I'm sorry. I completely forgot. I, you know, I was on vacation brain and I just kind of threw everything away. <laughs> I was in, uh, you know, went through on, uh, on 90 and, uh, I stopped in at Wallace, which was a really cute little town. Northern Idaho, Idaho has a lot to offer. Yes, yes, we do. Yeah, come back anytime. Okay, great. Good. Hey, I got a few icebreaker questions for you. Sure. What would the title of your autobiography be? Um, I, I think it would be He's Overthinking This. Um, <laughs> because I, I tend to think about a lot of stuff I have no business trying to solve. Uh, and so I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll end up laying awake at night and, and contemplating these great big issues that I have no control over at all. Um, and so I, I think that would be it. And I think my show kind of reflects that a lot. I'm looking into things that generally you would say, why would I ever uh, want to know about this? And then I, I try to prove to you that, oh, this is actually pretty important. Um, so yeah, he's overthinking this. <laughs> yeah, well, somebody has to, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So what, name something that would make you nervous. What makes me nervous? Oh, you know, uh, anytime somebody puts me or somebody else I care about in danger. Uh, so I do a lot of hiking here in Western Wyoming. And sometimes my friends will, you know, do something that was not so smart <laughs> uh, while we're hiking. And that makes me super nervous, you know, uh, if they are going too slow and there's a storm coming or, they didn't pack enough food or water, that kind of thing. So yeah, the weather can be dangerous up here, can't it? Oh my goodness, and it changes so fast. Yes, yeah. so fast. Have to be prepared for it. Yeah, I understand that dangerous. Um, I had some surgery, thyroid removed, and right. finally got better. And I felt good for the first time in my life. Oh. And I got on a motorcycle. And I rode it for about, oh, a football field length. Yeah. And then my foot slipped off the pedal and it turned the bike and I held on for dear life, which revved it, of course, right up over a cliff and down. Uh, yeah. Landed on my left side with the bike on top of me, just crushed. Nothing really major. I mean, it was major painful and I'm still right. walking with a cane from it. But um, yeah, be careful out there. Don't get I on will. motorcycles. I, I don't. Yeah. A bunch of our friends are getting into that right now. And I'm just like, nope, nope, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'd rather, rather do a podcast and play with my grandchildren. Right. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about that, but I'm glad that, that you survived and you're moving around. Yeah. Well, I think God focused all my attention into this now. And I think it's really important to have this voice okay, like you God. have right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so can we, um, I'd like to ask you about your testimony. I know uh, to me that the Bible tells me that we overcome, we as overcomers overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Those things are really important to me. And so I was wondering what your story is that brings you from a life without Jesus to a life with him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really fortunate that I was saved at a pretty early age, so it was uh, 10 years old, uh, my first day ever skiing, which is funny because I live in a ski community now, uh, first day ever skiing, I went end over end and rolled and uh, was in some pain. And my mom told us afterwards, hey, we're going to go see this play, which is called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. And you can pretty much guess what it's about <laughs> uh, based on the title. <clears throat> it's, uh, uh, you end up seeing people 
at the end of their lives and then something tragic happens and then they're at the pearly gates and uh, they either go to one end of the stage which represents hell or the other end that represents heaven. Um, and it's just a very clear image, exactly what a 10 year old needed to see. It was like, oh my goodness, I, I wanna go to the, the, the right side of the stage, you know? Um, and uh, by, by the grace of God, I went forward that night and uh, that was where I, I received uh, like a New Testament. And I began reading the Bible for myself that day um, and just trying to figure it out. Cause I've been going to church my whole life at that point, basically. And, uh, and, but you know, it takes that moment the Lord gets your attention, you know, um, and, uh, and from there, uh, throughout high school, uh, by the grace of God, I was walking with the Lord. And then I went to a, a very secular, very liberal college. And I had grown up in a very conservative area where you just kind of assume people, you know, think what you think. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was, a, it was a really great stretching experience for me, uh, because I had to uh, really think through what I believed and what I had heard all these years. And so it forced me to like, I read the Bible for myself all the way through. And you know, I've been one of those people that kind of plunked the Bible down on a table and just read it wherever it fell. Mm -hmm. And that you know, isn't very good for context <laughs> or understanding at all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it, it made me ask a lot of really good questions. Um, and it also helped me to try to own my faith because faith would just come up in, in random classes, even once in a math class of all places, we got to talking about Christianity. It's like, how, how did this happen? You know, it's a math class. And, um, and so it was, it was a really positive experience, uh, really trying an interesting time. And then uh, my, my twin brother and I moved to Los Angeles and worked in the secular film world for a while. Worked on, um, as an intern, I was on uh, the Bernie Mac show, which used to be on Fox yeah. back in the day. And I, uh, my brother and I worked on the first season of Hell's Kitchen, which is a cooking reality show. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, and out there, uh, I, uh, people were just, the Hollywood lifestyle is very sort of empty, mm -hmm. uh, where folks, um, you're always living in a hotel or, you know, working on different sets, rarely with the same crew twice. Um, and just always on the move, uh, often unemployed, uh, because, um, you know, you're not working for a studio anymore. You're kind of a freelancer. And so people don't have the roots uh, that you kind of need to be a healthy adult. <laughs> uh, and so we got to witness to people there working on film sets, which was really exciting, um, especially, you know, as a young kid, you know, I, I didn't have the, the baggage that I have now as an adult, you know, you're just much freer at that age. And, um, and I think God helped use that to kind of push us into making the Christian films. Um, and now, now the Christian podcast. So, um, yeah. So it's both you and your brother that became a believer in Christ and took yeah. all of that to Hollywood with you. Yeah. So you brought Jesus into the world of the movie theater. Yeah, that, that was the goal. Um, my, my twin brother and I, by the grace of God, were uh, saved the same night at that same play. Oh, okay. Uh, which is, you know, pretty cool. And yes. um, uh, he's, he's the best and <laughs> I'm really, really blessed to have him. Um, and uh, yeah, and so we worked in the, the secular film world, just behind the scenes, often small things, uh, small roles, but uh, or working in the camera department. And, um, and that, that just opened up a lot of really good doors for us. And so then, you uh, blurred the lines between spiritual and secular? Well, I mean, you can work in, in a secular environment and still be a believer, you know? That's, that's the, the beauty of it. Even now, um, 
I, I work a secular job, but I also believe that, uh, I, I think it's healthy for Christians to have a, um, a hobby, an event, something they go to that is not a specifically Christian thing so they can connect with the community. So yeah. I'm part of an improv comedy troupe now mm-hmm. um, and have been for over a decade. And uh, that is a great way for me to get to know the community. Uh, people get to know me. Um, and it, 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 it built, has built a lot of relationships and opened a lot of doors over the years. So I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that. Uh, set yourself up to, to be a witness. But if you're just living in a Christian bubble, it's much harder to do that. So can you describe a time when you had difficulty trusting God through any of oh, this? Oh, sure. After yeah. you got to know him? Well, uh, we were filming our first movie, uh, Between the Walls. Um, and this was uh, just about the time that uh, the Sherwood Pictures gang was coming out with their oh, films. Okay. Uh, you know, Fireproof, Faith in, yes. Facing the Giants, um, Flywheel, all those. Uh, if you watch their behind the scenes, a lot of it is sort of, oh, God provided all this money. God provided all these people and all this crew. We got none of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we, we had very, very little money um, and things were just going wrong. And there's a scene, we were shooting sort of the climax of the film, which is outdoors. And um, it was, we were filming it in uh, January. And so it, uh, it would start snowing and then stop snowing. It starts snowing and stop snowing. And uh, you know, when you're filming, you need that kind of continuity that everything yes. kind of has to look like it fits because uh-huh. you're going to be cutting from one shot where it's snowing and another shot where it's not snowing. And things had just gone really poorly. Our lead actress was days late to the set and didn't tell us where she was. We just didn't have money. Uh, th- I mean, there were all these huge problems. We ran into a um, natural gas leak under the house we were filming in. Just whole bunch of problems. And so I, I was really struggling there. It's like, Lord, we're doing this for you. You know, it's uh, so that your name will be known. And I had this voice and it, it like, it was almost like in the book of Job, uh, where Job, Job's wife tells him, uh, curse God and die in that moment. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, you uh, didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Um, and, uh, the reality is that life gets difficult, you know, and sometimes we try to promote that if you trust in the Lord, everything is going to be roses. That is not the case. Uh, look at the Apostle Paul, who was, you know, shipwrecked and stuck on islands and bitten by snakes and chased out of town. Life can be very difficult sometimes. And uh, even when you are in, the, you know, doing the work of the Lord. So, yeah, it's by the grace of God, we you know, stuck it out and still somehow managed to make another movie. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Well, suffering changes us and makes us more like Jesus. It's it okay. As yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not pleasant for the moment, but it does make us better. And I'm sure, as you know, um, as we go through these things, other people are watching. So how yeah. you reacted in that time uh, was a witness to them. Whether you spoke it or not, your actions spoke loudly. I hope so. Yeah. That was a one of the more stressful times in our lives. So I can't speak for how well behaved <laughs> well, to the know, crew. Yeah. We are believers, but we're not perfect. We no, all we're all sin. We're all sinners. And, right. and there is grace for those times, for those moments that we don't do according to what we should do and, and go according more to our flesh. Right. So with that said, have you ever been hurt by anyone in the church? Oh, I mean, of course. Um, I mean, even back as far as, I want to say, second or third grade, I mean, if you listen to the Truce podcast, you probably have noticed I sometimes do different voices. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved doing different voices when I was a kid. And I had um, a Sunday school teacher tell me, oh, you shouldn't do different voices. That's the devil speaking through you, um, mm-hmm. changing voice. And it's like, well, and if you read the Bible, it's hard to make that case. It's just very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> You've read it from front to back. You understand it's not in there. <laughs> it's not in there. Yeah, uh, it's not in there. But, you know, just little things like that. Or, um, I mean, I've been in some uh, very strict churches before uh, that, uh, you know, demanded a lot of you and would under, undercut you and question your salvation every, at every step. Um, I mean, I had a roommate as I was asking him to leave nicely from the house because he was being mean <laughs> to the roommates. Uh, you know, he, he straight up questioned my salvation. It was like, I, that, I can't deal with you right now. So thankfully, like I was able to keep my calm, but um, the, the reality is that we do get hurt by the church sometimes. Uh, but that's, I guess it's part of the deal because the church is filled with people who are just as sinful as I am. Um, and we're, we're going to hurt each other. The, the main thing is to realize that uh, that is not God. That is just people, you know, and uh, ultimately we should base our faith on Christ and not on people. Yes. Yes. So with that said, has anyone within the church shown you grace and embraced you, even though you are a sinner? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, uh, after we made the movies, uh, my brother and I moved here to Wyoming um, and I was carrying a lot of baggage, just a lot of anger and stuff because our films had not done as well as we really needed them to financially. Um, And uh, I was just kind of bitter about the Christian market. And we have this gentleman who was an elder in our church. His family invited us over for dinner and uh, he just kind of let me talk through all the stuff that and I was not being a kind person, <laughs> all the stuff that had happened. And just over the years, he was very gracious, gracious to keep checking in on me um, and making sure I was okay. And just kind of loved me through my rough period there um, when I was not so loving towards the church. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, there are so many examples. There are so many examples. Even my supervisor at my day job, I'm a school bus driver. Um, and anybody who's ever driven 50 kids around in a, in a bus uh, can tell you, yeah, you have your hard days, you know, you have your bad days. And, you know, he has been, he's a man of God and he has been very gracious to me when I didn't deserve it, you know, because there are just days where you're not doing your best. Oh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> don't know anything about that? Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, oh, very tongue-in-cheek, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, sometimes the parents call up on you and have a complaint, and uh, or, you know, you accidentally run a stoplight or something like that, stop sign. Um, you know, I'm always trying to do my best on that bus, but, you know, there's just a lot of moving pieces. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, and God, God is good, and I have a, I'm blessed with a very good boss. All the time. He's good all the time, yes. Well, it sounds as if God has truly changed you, transformed your heart, even at a young age like that. I was yeah. saved at 10 years old as well. So oh, great. I, I rarely hear that from others. Was yeah. nice to hear from you. So I've always felt like I really don't have a testimony. I, you know, I was a kid and I met him and I traveled with him. But yeah. that's okay. That's, a, that's still a testimony. Well, and that's a blessing because you were probably kept from a lot of pain and hardship that you would otherwise have gone through. Well, there's other things that go with that. Yeah. Right. At the same time, my dad died. And oh. that was the biggest, uh, you know, I just clung to Jesus, I think, because of that. Right. Because yeah. I loved him at such a young age. But anyway, God is using you now. I really wanted to go over from your testimony into the movie area. Sure. 
it looks as if God used that time. And I don't know, I, I read something about the title being Bringing Up Bobby. Right. Yep. That was our second film. Is that a Christian film? It is. Yep. Uh, it's a, an evangelistic film aimed at teenagers. And uh, the, the goal was to try to, we, we were, my brother and I were working with, or volunteering with teenagers through Campus Life, uh, which is kind of like Crew, which is the college ministry, but for high schoolers. So every week uh, we, we would have, I don't know, 30 to 50 high school students coming into this, this big area and we would play games with them. We would share a gospel with them. We, you know, uh, try to be a part of their lives and mentor them. We realized that uh, some of the smartest, kindest, sweetest kids were the goth kids, you know, the ones that wore black clothes and chains and stuff. Um, but people were afraid of them. Christians especially were really afraid of them. So we tried to make a, a movie, uh, a comedy that would try to reach those kids. Uh, and at the same time, try to teach Christian um, folks that, that these folks, these kids can be really intelligent. They can be sweet and they are going through the same stuff that other high school students are going through. Um, and so uh, that film, I, I still watch that film. It's been, you know, over a decade since it was released and I still watch it because um, it's got a lot of heart and I'm really thankful for that. Um, and we, we saw, you know, we, we got some really good stories back from people, but one of the sort of the biggest joy that came out of that was that uh, we shot the film obviously in English in the United States um, in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, we didn't do so well in the United States. We were able to get close to breaking even and then, um, but not paying ourselves anything. <laughs> I literally would have made more money working at Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. um, but well, we uh, do this because it's our passion. Right. We do it for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, we got this email from our distributor at the time who said, uh, you know, uh, there's a gentleman in Brazil who would like to have your film to show in Brazil and, and sell on DVD. And it's, but the exchange rate's not very good. You're not going to make a lot of money. So we're, we're like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll give it a shot. And so we sent them a, um, a copy of the movie and they were able to dub it so that their voices were over the actors, like they in Portuguese, which is what they speak in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the grace of God, we sold more copies in Brazil in Portuguese than we did in the United States in English. Nice. Um, and so I, I think that's just, that was really exciting because we never planned on being in Portuguese. You know, we didn't shoot the film in Portuguese. It excites me to know that God was doing something down there that I had nothing to do with. You know, it just, the film just kind of went its own way. And who knows, you know, who knows what the impact was down there. Um, so that just a thrill. That was sort of a, a highlight of, of that movie. Yeah. Nice surprise that God yeah. laid in your lap. And one day we will find out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So are there any other films that you're working on now? No, uh, the podcast is my main thing now. Okay. Uh, the, the film market is very difficult uh, right now. I actually made a, a podcast episode about it in season two of Truce. Um, but uh, because of streaming, um, your, the pay structure is very different than it used to be. So mm -hmm. if somebody walked into Hollywood Video, if you remember Hollywood Video, yeah. uh, you would get as a filmmaker about a dollar if somebody rented your film, mm -hmm. whether they watched it or not. Uh, but now uh, you're paid uh, per minute that people watch. Uh, so people have to watch the whole movie in order for you to get paid as long as it's on a streaming service and they don't purchase it. Um, and so that means, that, and we're also getting less money. So 
it's uh, on Amazon right now, it's six cents per hour watched. Um, so if, if they watch the full version of Bringing Up Bobby from beginning to end, we get nine cents on oh Amazon, which is basically nothing. You know, uh, it's, it's, it, you can't even pay for a postage stamp. <laughs> okay, uh, so I look forward to watching the film and we need to encourage all the listeners to go out and listen and watch the film. Right, you can. Uh, you can watch it on your streaming services. Uh, Bring Up Bobby is on Pure Flix and it's on um, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, um, good, good. And, uh, but, you know, uh, it, we, we still won't make a lot of money off of it. I usually tell people, just send me 10 cents. <laughs> <laughs> send me we'll a stamp. <laughs> yeah, send me a stamp. That's like 40-something cents yeah. now, yeah. So um, it's the, the, we stopped making movies kind of at the right time when, when the, the bottom fell out of the market. So uh, it's, it's very, very difficult for a movie to make money now. Uh, it was before then, too, but now, now it's even worse. Uh, so I'm, I've transitioned fully into podcasting and uh, I hope to get back to write another novel um, mm-hmm. at some point, but the podcast takes up a lot of time. Well, I'm glad to hear that's hopefully in the works already. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got one novel out there called uh, Cradle Robber, which is not what it sounds like. Um, it's a time travel novel um, that uh, tries to encourage people to uh, let go of their anger and stop trying to control the world and just do God's work. Um, and it's a thriller. It's very adventurous. But I, I do have uh, another novel that I've, I've got a bunch of research gathered for, but I haven't, uh, I haven't written because I need to make, keep making truths, <laughs> uh, which is uh, my, and it's almost like writing a novel for the podcast because I do write out my episodes. Um, you do, and you do a lot of research. That was part of your trip over to Idaho, wasn't it? Uh, I went to Idaho on vacation, um, but then while I was there, I, I was saying, like, I'm not going to work on this podcast at all for two weeks. And then I found myself in a silver mine uh, having a blast because I, I just love tours, any kind of tour. I love them. I was on the tour and I realized, oh, I might need this audio someday. So I got out my phone and was recording audio just in case uh, silver mining ever comes up. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got to stay on top of things. You do. Well, yeah, to me, it was a sign of like, you know what, I really do love doing this uh, audio recording and, um, and just gathering stuff and telling stories. I love, I love recording on location. I just think it's so great getting into other people's worlds. I don't get to do that as much now because of COVID. um, Mm -hmm. But I I hope to be doing more. So I think you do. I think you do. Your voice goes into homes all over the world, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't get to go on location and record in a silver mine, you know, or in, in place where people are working. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, um, I'd like to be able to actually tour around the country and go to places where things happen um, and take people on that journey with me through audio. Uh, but I can't quite do that now uh, because of COVID and also because of the uh, financial reasons. I can't just fly around all the time. But uh, well, you are sponsored through uh, Patreon, aren't you? I am you know, mm-hmm. an account where people can sponsor you. Right. Good. Yeah. And, and PayPal and, uh, and several people have helped me out, which has been a, a huge blessing, uh, but I've still got a long way to go before I can do it full time. So uh, God willing, I'll be driving the school bus again here this fall. Oh, yeah. That's important too. Yes. Yeah. yeah I think these um, podcasts that you do, especially with all the history background are really good for homeschoolers. And a lot of that yeah. you know, is going on whether they like it or not right now. Right. So, yeah, it's true. And uh, I'm trying to uh, start transitioning into cr- uh, including discussion questions in the show notes for the episode so that 
people around the dinner table can um, discuss the episode further um, and kind of dive deep because uh, I end up going into a lot of things, leading people uh, like Eric Nevins, our friend says, I'm kind of like a tour guide pointing out the main highlights, but I don't usually kind of take you fully to a destination. Mm-hmm. I get you to a place where you can make a decision for yourself, but I don't often tell you what that decision should be. Um, so I'm trying to encourage people to think for themselves. Uh, so if you want to do more of that, you can go on the show notes. Yes, I remember hearing you speak in one of the um, episodes about using journalistic tools Yeah. so that uh, you can do exactly this. Uh, I remember our mainstream media used to be like that, use journalistic tools when I was younger and they would bring you the information and then you could make uh, an informed decision on the information that you received, which is completely different now. And that's, I think, why I appreciate your podcast in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I really, I try. Yeah, I try. It's, it's difficult because just the, the mere um, uh, concept of uh, the, the task of picking a story to tell is already kind of a, an editorial decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that this topic is worthy, worthier than this topic. And so it, you can't be impartial totally in reporting, uh, which is, I think, something I try to stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am trying to do my best <laughs> and, and, uh, and take people um, on a, an interesting journey, but uh, not totally um, decide everything for them. So do you ask people to send in questions or do you offer those questions? I offer those questions, yeah, because um, I, I'm trying to work on these podcasts in advance, um, these episodes in advance, because uh, it takes so long to make each episode, usually uh, between 20 and 40 hours per episode, that I, uh, I need to kind of like finish it and move on to the next one. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't have a lot of time to uh, dwell on the one that's currently out. I have to always be thinking about the one that's coming out in three or four months. So okay, I've got another question for you. Sure. I'm going to veer off a little here. Do you... Does your belief, your view of the end time theology affect the way that you live your life now? Um, I would say I, I, it probably does for everybody. Um, my, my main thing is to always just be doing God's work. You know, just always be ready um, because regardless of how it happens and when it goes down, um, my, my calling is just to be faithful. Um, and so that's, that's generally the goal. Yeah. Wonderful. And then another, if you died tomorrow, what would you spend the rest of your time doing today? Oh, goodness. I would probably gather around all the people I love, uh, which is a lot of people, and they're all over the place. So I don't know if I could do it in one day. But, uh, uh, you know, I want to spend time with people who matter the most to me. Um, that, that would be the big thing. Yeah. Well, I can see that because uh, I can see the reason you do all of what you do is because of people. You want to speak into the lives of others. Yeah. And wanting to reach out to your loved ones in the end, I think as we want to do in these, the last moments on earth, proves that there's a relationship between you and your God. And, yeah. and, and that reaches out into the people around you. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, it, you know, it can be a little bit of a trap because I'm always trying to like... Uh, take care of everybody at the same time. And sometimes you can be overwhelmed, uh, you know, doing too many things at once. Uh, but, but God has been very good to me. I've, I've had such a blessed life. Met so many interesting people and uh, heard so many different perspectives and gotten to travel and um, you now all this hiking even. Uh, my brother and I went on a hike the other day. We went off into an area that nobody else really goes to. It's mostly just for hunting. 
because um, it's not the prettiest area. But it felt like um, God had just said, I love you both. You know, uh, it was just like a, a meaningful hike for both of us to be out there, even though it wasn't like the greatest views, uh, or, you know, the most wonderful hike. It was, you know, God does give us those little moments where he, I know, affirms us, which is pretty awesome. I love that. I yeah. love our moments with God. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, is there anything else that we should know about you, Chris? Uh, um, not, I don't know. I think it's all kind of on the podcast and in the movies. <laughs> so we need to get out there and listen to it. Yeah, get subscribe. out there and listen. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> you can find Truce anywhere you get podcasts. And uh, you can follow me on social media at, at Truce Podcast. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, keep praying for the show because um, I'm, I'm doing some kind of audacious things because uh, it did. Uh, uh, I'm covering a lot of topics that I've never heard covered in a, t- a Christian setting before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that creates a lot of extra work. And uh, so just keep praying for the, the show to reach the right people and um, for me to be faithful uh, in picking all these topics and covering them. Great. I will do that and ask the listeners to do the same. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I appreciate every moment that you shared here today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. God bless you. God bless you. If you've enjoyed listening to Moments with Moni, you can find a lot more information on the website at momentswithmoni.com. There'll be background information on each of the podcasts, a way to subscribe, and information to connect in many different ways. Thanks so much for listening.